With economic uncertainty on the rise, it is more important than ever to understand how the current state of the economy may impact your personal finances. Join me today as we break down where things stand with growth, unemployment, inflation, interest rates, the housing market, and so much more. I'll discuss what the key indicators mean and how you can make smart money moves to protect yourself in these challenging times. Whether it's budgeting carefully, paying down debt, or reconsidering major purchases, you'll get useful tips for navigating the economy and keeping your finances on track. This is essential knowledge for taking control of your money and avoiding pitfalls ahead. Tune in as we make sense of the U.S. economy and what it means for your wallet. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Financial Mirror. Financial Mirror where future success is reflected in our knowledge of fixing the one thing we can control ourselves. Welcome to the Financial Mirror, and thanks for joining me today as we continue to work to improve the one thing that we can control ourselves. Here at the Financial Mirror, it is not about the numbers and spreadsheets alone, but transforming and educating you on money so you can make smarter financial decisions. If this is the first time you are joining in, don't forget to hit subscribe on YouTube to be notified of all the new episodes as they release. If you are listening to this podcast platform of your choice, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. Both of those things go a long way in helping reach more listeners. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave that five-star review and a written comment as we continue to spread this information to improve people's personal finances in all aspects of our life. I am excited for this episode. Uh, there's a lot happening in life right now, uh, if I'm totally honest. I am learning how to be a parent. Uh, for any of you parents out there, um, you know, me and my wife welcomed our baby into this world, and it's a learning curve to say the least, uh, but it's been fun nonetheless. Alabama football just kicked off yesterday. I uh, smoked a really amazing brisket, uh, and it turned out really nice. and And let me tell you this: let me tell you this. So I was, we were talking uh, for so for lunch today. We had the brisket, right? And we had already like vacuum sealed it all up. We were getting prepared to to freeze some. And my wife was like, "How do we reheat this?" And I was like, "I have no idea." So listen, if you're gonna reheat the brisket after you smoked it. Uh, for all of you brisket fans out there, for or, or maybe you're not and you just want to try this, literally, if you just boil the water and drop the vacuum seal bag in there and just heat the water up to like 165 degrees and just let it like soak in the water, it is absolutely to die for, right? Like it just, it, it, it reheated and was still just as tender as yesterday when we had it fresh uh, off the, off the smoker. So it was great. Absolutely great. So go ahead. Try it out. If you like it, let me know. If you hate it or you have a better idea to reheat it, I do have more brisket in the freezer. So if there's if there's any uh, advice on how to reheat that better, please let me know. But uh, in addition to that, I do have, you know, I started this year, um, I was going to do five half marathons this year and I've done three already. And I got two more coming up that I'm prepping for. There's just so much going on in, in, in life right now. Um, but with all that occurring, right, all that, all those things occurring, there's all these things happening and I'm sure your life is just as hectic. Uh, there's also a lot going on in the economy, right? So with all those things going on around us, there's also a lot going on in the economy right this very moment. Okay. 
So we've seen we've seen the market boom, we've seen the market bust, we've seen it run sideways, we've heard about inflation, we've heard about binomics, we've heard about all these things, so much more, right? Uh, but nonetheless, life is happening and the economy is happening. And this has probably led you to think about, okay, there's so much going on. There's so many views. I don't know who to believe. What is actually going on? And I said, you know what? This is great. Uh, I'm sure you can relate to this. And I I was like, I need to create an episode because I've talked about this. Uh, I want to keep you informed. I want to help educate you on things you can look for, things that you can do in your personal life so that you can have a prosperous financial um, uh, journey, right? So today we are celebrating the 150th episode since Financial Mirror originally kicked off years ago. And I thought, what better way to celebrate than discuss the current state of the U.S. economy? Breaking that down and helping inform you of what that means for your personal finances. Uh, This is going to be an episode that's slightly data-driven. What I've tried to do is to take all these things that you hear about and boil them down into like something that's a little bit more layman terms, comprehensible, so you can actually be like, oh, so that's what that means. Oh, okay, I now I get it. And, th- and just that little baseline understanding, just helping improve that little small understanding will go a long way when you start to hear things, you can start to put your own opinions, put your own knowledge all to, you know, make it applicable inside of your own life. So I truly think that this episode is impactful. Uh, like I said, it's very data driven. However, for all the data points that I talk about, I'm also breaking them down into saying like, here's some of the things you can look for. And if you'll pick up those key nuggets, well, here's what you can look for. And as I break those down, when you hear about these things, when you hear people talking, when you hear uh, news reports, when you hear see headlines, all of those things happening, because they're happening, it'll make a little bit more sense because the economy impacts all of our financial lives, right? In, in some capacity, and it affects all of our financial lives. So understanding where things stand is key to making some really thoughtful and well-informed good money decisions. So that's kind of what this episode's about. I truly hope that you get a lot out of it because it's a it's very informative and, and I'm, I'm really excited about do it. But let me first start off by saying this. Before I jump into this episode, uh, I do want to say that my opinions on on the stock market and the overall economy today. I'm not a licensed financial advisor, so these are totally uh, the views I'm about to express are are my personal opinions and and determined through independent study and research that I've done. Uh, but they should be con- not construed with some type of professional investment advice or how you should spend your money or what you should do with your finances. Uh, but this is strictly to educate you today on what I have independently researched and studied about the market. Okay. You should always consult a qualified professional before making any investment decisions. So let's just have a thoughtful discussion today and have that understanding um, because I'm simply sharing personal speculative views for entertainment purpose and education purposes only. Okay. So let's jump in and let's first start talking about the growth of the economy. So the economy uh, grew at 2.9% annual rate in the second quarter of 2023. Now, what does that mean? Well, it kind of means two things. And it's two things that I really want you to think about. First, that uh, there is some deceleration ahead. And there is still this 
potential recession concern. We've been talking about recession. Uh, if you look right here on the screen, the last two quarters of 2022, uh, excuse me, the, the Q1 and Q2 of 2022 did have negative GDP growth uh, in the, in those two quarters. Historically speaking, back-to-back -back quarters of negative GDP does signify a recession, okay? Just historically speaking. Now, what this means for us now is that we have deceleration and potential recession concerns still going on. You can see right here on the screen, 2023 and the end of 2022, Q3, Q4, Q1, Q2 have all been positive, which is great. So that's, that's the first thing. That's great. But we are seeing some slowing. If you see that trend, it is going down and there is some slowing expected as high inflation and rising interest rates are starting to uh, scale back spending. Okay. This does lead to the idea of a recession, right? So we do see deceleration because GDP growth was 2.9% in Q2 of 20 of uh, 2023. And that's, that's kind of down a little bit um, from previous quarters. Okay. However, I do want to talk about this risk of recession. So we, we see that we see GDP growth is something that we should monitor and look at but we do still have the risk of recession. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, because everyone else is talking about recession, and I kind of want to talk to you about that. Some economists out there are warning us that there is an elevated risk of recession as, as the Feds continue to you know raise rates and, and try to combat inflation. But we are currently... Um, in, in a season, we're in a season and that's what this, this image, um, it, it visualizes and, and hopefully for those on podcast, I can walk through this. Um, but how this for, sort of flows is this expansion to recession, uh, phases. So sort of that thinking about this from like a seasonal perspective, like spring, summer, autumn, or spring, summer, fall, winter, or spring, summer, autumn, uh, winter, whatever you want to call it. Think keeping that in mind, that's how I want us to think about the economy in this sense. That first, that expansion kind of begins when we had some lost jobs and they're starting to come back. And, you know, it's like the leaves are starting to come back on the trees, you know, all those things, right? Like that's that's kind of this continuum. Like the jobs are starting to come back. Consumer spending is starting to pick up. The markets are starting to rebound a little bit. And that's kind of that spring that, you know, the everything's starting to blossom and, and flourish and all these things, right? And then we get to the summer and that is where it heats up. It really heats up. It gets hot. It gets hot, right? And we like the heat. Wages are going to accelerate. Profit margins are going to peak. Businesses are just booming, right? Employment is out of control. Inflation is at a very comfortable rate, right? Like that's like getting in the AC. That inflation is just nice and comfy in that super super hot market. Um, but the markets are gaining. They're gaining. They're they're getting they're getting smoke hot, right? But then we get into this autumn, this fall. Things are starting to slow down. Job growth is slowing down. Inflation is starting to accelerate a little bit. Spending is slowing down. All of these things, profits are declining. We are in an autumn fall time frame, right? We are in an autumn fall time frame. And the idea here is that we've got to, at this point, and I'm going to talk about this in the in the next little in the next little part of this. So I don't want to get too deep. But we're at a, a very pivotal point right now in the economy as we're in that season of fall. 
There's a lot, there's, there's things that are happening. Um, but there's also like, so there's a chance of recession. That's what I'm like. I'm getting to that. That's, there's a chance of recession. There's a chance. There is still a chance that we don't fall into a recession. We don't experience a rough winter. Okay. There's still a chance of that, but some uh, economists out there are warning that there is an elevated risk, right? There is an elevated risk. The timing and severity is highly debated because nobody really knows. Like we're trying, like, like we're trying to see what's going to happen, but nobody really knows. One thing that I can tell you that I would challenge you to look for is you can see right here. One of the key points of, of this is, is that profits are going to decline. We are currently in an earnings season. So I would be on the lookout for how companies are reporting their earnings. If companies are missing earnings reports, like they said that, you know, we're, we're going to have XYZ uh, revenue this quarter and they're missing that like millions off, right? I, that's, that begins to point to me like, ugh, yeah, recession is possible, right? Like profits are just not there. Like they're declining and they keep declining. Like we're, we're, we're getting in a tough, a tough position. We're, we're going into a tough winter right here. Just keeping our seasons, um, at the, at the top of what we're, how we're discussing this. We're in a tough season because earnings for a company is showing how consumer dollars are being spent or not spent. Right? So we saw that and, and, and that, and are, we're seeing that as companies are reporting earnings, some are reporting good right now, but we're kind of in that earnings season. And I would challenge you to look at those companies, those big companies that are, are reporting earnings, because those big companies should give us a good guide to how are consumers currently, how, how are consumers currently spending their money? And that's a good indicator, a good indicator. Now, in addition, like I said, we saw two consecutive quarters of GDP growth, um, a negative GDP growth at the end of 2022, but we haven't really seen those negative, uh, our Q1 and Q2 of, of 2022, but we haven't really seen those, um, as of yet. Okay. As of yet, we haven't seen that. So I would keep watching that. I would keep watching that in the show notes. I'm going to put a link to that, to that, um, gov site that I pulled that chart from on the previous slide. Feel free to go back and look at that and continue to watch that. And if you start seeing that GDP growth declining and getting down back to the negative, that's where we would start to be slightly concerned, right? So we got we got the, the company's earnings coming out. Those are not very, very hot. If the, the GDP growth continues to decline, I would start being slightly more concerned, me personally being slightly more concerned. So when speaking of recessions, like we were looking at this, if we go into a recession, it, it we could go into a recession and it could not be bad. We could go into a recession, it could be absolutely awful. What we don't know is how severe it will be. But when we're speaking of that, you're probably wondering, what are the chances? What are the chances? Well, as of right now, uh, economists have very, very wide range of variability of what that's going to be, uh, but it ranges anywhere from a 30 to an 80% chance of a downturn in the next 12 months. Uh, timing and severity still is highly debated. So here's here's what I would tell you. I would tell you don't get super caught up in what economists are saying. I would look for those simple things. At mean, you know, and you as normal human beings that are not just living, breathing, and 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 trying to influence these type of these type of decisions that are going on. What we need to be on the lookout for is what we can what we can visualize without putting a ton of time and effort into it. And that's earnings companies are, are, are reporting and watching that GDP growth, watching that GDP growth to see if that continues to come down. So 
what's being done currently? I said, I told you and I alluded to things are being done, but what is being done currently? Well, what is currently being discussed is the, the Fed is trying to engineer this quote unquote soft landing, right? They're trying to quote, they're trying to land the plane softly. We had this booming economy, the summer, remember the summer month that we just discussed, the summer month was red hot. It was just, you know, burning up. And now the the plane, the plane is trying to come in for a nice, smooth, soft landing. Uh, they're trying to bring down inflation without going into a super hard winter, uh, that, that recession. Uh, and I'm trying to speak in those seasons because I want you to think about that continuum that we saw that, that think about like a, like a, 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 for those on a podcast, think about like the sun rising, peaking and setting. It's kind of like the sun rises in the spring, peaks in the summer, sets in the fall. And what you don't want is a super bad winter. You want to kind of get back to that, to that spring, summer, fall rotation, no bad winter. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for no super, super harsh winter. So a soft landing. That is the ideal scenario that is trying to be achieved. And what they do for that is they gradually raise interest rates. And what that does is slow down buying. Now, I tried to think about this and and describe this in a way that you can begin to understand what does a soft landing look like? What does that actually mean? So I came up with this like um, little scenario to throw together to just walk you through kind of what that means and try to give you a visualization of what does a soft landing actually mean. So here's what I want you to think about. Look at it like tiers. So every interest rate, every uh, time the feds raise the interest rates, normally like 0 0.25, 0 0.5% or whatever. But every time, think about it like tiers. Every time that the interest rate goes up, every time that the price goes up, you, you eliminate a certain percentage of buyers, okay? So every time it goes up, you instantly eliminate a certain percentage of buyers. So think about this, for instance, let's, let's visualize a house is for sale. I'm a seller and I sell, I'm trying to sell my house, put it on the market for $100,000. I put, I put my market out, my house out there for $100,000. And let's say that as soon as I put it out there, pops on Zillow, I get 10 offers out the door, 100,000. And I'm like, oh, okay, 100,000, cool, 10 offers. So I'm like, you know what? I wanna sell it for more. So I, I bump it up to $125,000. Still got, still people want it. Still got people want it. I get seven offers. Now you can see we're starting to slow down. We started at 10 offers at 100, bumped it up to 125, and now there's only, there's only seven people that want this house now. I had seven offers. Previously 10 for the same house, right? Like not worth this much. All of a sudden, price gets raised to 150,000. Now I'm down to three offers. You can see, you see what the, the issue is. Every single time there's an increase, the amount of buyers that are interested decreases. Sometimes that is, if we're talking about a house, um, we could be talking about demand, right? Like people are just like, oh, that house isn't worth that. I'm just trying to give you a visualization. I'm not saying this is reality, right? Uh, this is not, if, if the house was a hundred thousand and you try to bump it up to 150, I think you would end up losing the, all your buyers, but, uh, unless it was worth that, but just a visualization price hits 150, you're down to three buyers. Here's the issue is that when we bump from 125 to 150, there was no guarantee that we were going to even have a single buyer left. There was no guarantee. All seven buyers could have walked away and said, yep, not spending my money. They could have happened. 
But what we were banking on is that that little, that we were going to increase it just enough that we would still have some interest. And I did, right? Was going to sell for 150 and I got three offers. Now, looking at this trend, uh, the first time we bumped it up, we lost three buyers. This next time we lost it up, we lost four buyers. There's a good chance that those three buyers, if I try to bump it up to 175, I'm dropping to zero buyers. Nobody's going to want my house. And what that signifies for us in this example is that recession. You've eliminated all of your buyers and you have stalled the market. You've absolutely stalled the market. And that's what the feds are trying to, that's what they're trying to prevent. That's when we think about soft landing, it's to bring down the inflation, right? Inflation is caused by this increased pressure, this, this hot market, right? We drive all this stuff up. Um, and we need to bring that down very softly, that soft landing. And that's what we're trying to prevent. So if we got to zero buyers, we've stalled the market. House is not selling, right? House not, nobody wants it. Um, but that's kind of what we're looking for. The feds are trying to get to a 2% target without really sharply contracting the economy because they could. One single hike, one single 0.25% interest rate hike could be like all the buyers could just be like, yep, not doing it, or at least a majority. And if a lot of the buyers are, are, are tapping out of the market and money's not circulating, we got, we, got a, we got a problem on our hands, right? So that's something I would be looking for. Every time you hear about these Fed, Fed rate hikes, think about that as in this example, think about that's, that's that, that house price bumping up a little bit more with the potential that nobody's interested right? That people are, we can put it on the economy. That's the economy saying, you know, now it costs you this much. And then everyone's saying, yep, not interested in your economy, holding on to my money, not spending it. Right. And now you're in trouble. Now you're in big trouble. So that's what I would be looking for. A soft landing is super difficult to achieve. Um, but if it is successful, it, it, it could mean tighter monetary policy that can help like sort of rein in inflation. Uh, but they, they are trying to literally thread a needle, but the risk of a hard landing still remain possible. The risk of a harsh winter still remains possible. Okay. Still remains possible. Just don't know what it's going to look like. So keep those things in mind as we're thinking about this recession, as we're thinking about this growth, as we're thinking about this deceleration of the economy, watch GDP watch consumer earnings, watch every time that you see another Fed rate hike conversation happen, watch what happens to the market, see, see what's happening. Those correlations will help you determine what way we're headed. Next thing that we want to keep in mind of is unemployment. Um, the unemployment rate, I'm not going to spend much time on unemployment because the rate was 3.8% in August, 2023. Uh, this does remain historically low for for all intents and purposes, right? So the job market is cooling off. Uh, it is still strong, but it is cooling off. The pace of job growth is still kind of moderate. Uh, we do see layoffs starting to tick up in like the tech and housing sectors. Um, but all in all, unemployment rate is staying kind of constant, not really increasing, not really decreasing, kind of just moving sideways over the past few months. Uh, Pre-pandemic, uh, for a lot of these examples, I'm trying to get people to start seeing that that pandemic thing is over like that, that, that iteration is kind of over, uh, for many aspects of our lives. Um, and we're kind of getting back and, and I just want to try to help that, that narrative 
in, in all, all intents and purposes, start to realize that we're kind of back in that, in that ballpark. Um, so you can stop having that mental perception of like, oh, well, pre pandemic, this pre, you know, pre COVID this, um, I'm trying to help flatten that, right. I'm trying to help, you know, get rid of that. So you can see we're kind of still on track. We did have this like weird thing that happened in a few years, but we're kind of getting back into the rhythm of things. So pre pandemic, January, 2020, we were at 3.5%. Right now we're at 3.8%. Uh, the one thing I do want us to highlight about unemployment though, is just wait, just wait. Um, because just like we discussed with recessions, if companies do start to show they aren't hitting their earning targets, we could see an uptick in unemployment rate, right? If we start getting to that harsh winter, you're going to see an uptick in unemployment rate. If you start having a, uh, that, that fall season, that autumn season, that uh, companies are not reporting very good earnings, you're starting to see a, a GDP growth is declining, companies need to cut costs. And what is the biggest way people, uh, companies normally cut costs is people. So we'll start to see that decline. We'll start to see that roll back. So I would highly encourage you to, to watch the unemployment rate. Those, this is another, like, it's, it's sort of a, a trailing indicator of what's happening, but it, once this starts to happen and once people start getting laid off, uh, for, to cut cost, then we could, we could be at a, an interesting moment. Um, uh, so if you start to see your unemployment go up, uh, that that could signify that there's a, a little bit a little bit of something going on. There's something there. Uh, just I wouldn't just say, oh, we're in a recession because unemployment went up. No, I wouldn't do that. But I would start to you know be a little bit more. Uh, I wouldn't be as optimistic. Uh, many reports do show though that the rates could end. The unemployment rate could end 2023 around the 4.1 to 4.5 percent. So just be on the lookout for that. Um, currently at 3.8, but you can see right here, April of 2020, when a huge number of layoffs happened during COVID, it was up around 14%. So, uh, just over 14%. So big changes. We made drastic improvements. We've opened up a lot of jobs. Uh, but just know that there's there, we are in a, in a good position for, for that so far. Uh, next thing is inflation. Inflation does remain high. It has somewhat cooled off from that uh, high early, the, the 9.1% back in June of 2022. Currently inflation is sitting about 3.2%. Like I said before, the feds are trying to get it down to 2%. And, but you're probably thinking, dude, what? We're at a 3.2% and we're trying to get to a 2%. And I feel like all of my money is gone. I feel like it's all gone. Um, well, let me, let me just, there are some facts that I do want to present to you. <laughs> Uh, this is does not tell the whole picture. If you're familiar with reading the consumer price index at all, um, it there's categories and it's an average of all the categories. Uh, most of the time, when we think about it, they, there are certain things that sway your your average to uh, to not so to make it realize that consumer wise, you are still paying a lot more than you were. So. What I did for this little segment is I kind of wanted to break it out is like, here is just, this is the comparison. Uh, Cause you're probably still in that pre pandemic, post pandemic uh, mindset. So I want to go, I, I broke this out in a pre pandemic, post pandemic mindset. So pre pandemic uh, CPI or, or inflation percent was 2.5%. And right now we're at a 3.2%. Okay. So there's your comparison. We're already slightly higher, uh, but there, that's where we're trying to get that that gauge back. Now, here's the part that really matters. Here's why you still feel it. 
When you think about like my prices are still high, here's why you still feel it. Currently housing shelter in this case is, uh, is at 7.7% pre pandemic. It was at 3.3%. So it's, it's over 4% higher for shelter or housing, right? Mortgage and rent food at home, also called groceries. <laughs> uh, currently it's at 3.9% and or excuse me, 3.6% and pre pandemic, it was at 0.9%. Okay. Big difference there. Big difference. 3% difference there. Uh, electricity was at, is currently at 3%. Pre-pandemic, it was at 0.5%. So about a 2.5% increase on electricity. And all your other utilities uh, currently at a 6.1%. And pre-pandemic is at 3.1%. So another 3%. So you can see a lot of these things are 3% higher than they were pre-pandemic while the overall looks to be um, like, what was it? 3.2 versus um, 2.5. Yeah. So very, very much bigger than, than that is what you're feeling in your actual pocketbook. Okay. So those are the actual facts. And that's what I like to present people with is that don't look, just look at the one, look at the, look at the individual categories and you can really start to identify where uh, these things are painful. And a lot of this is painful. So that's the first thing. Uh, the next thing I did want to hit on really quick was interest rates. We are seeing the feds raise interest rates. Currently they are, they've raised them 11 times since 2022, um, sitting at a 5.25 to 5.5%. This is a 22 year high for interest rates. Uh, big deal. Economists are predicting that this is like most likely, uh, there won't be another raise by the end of 2023 could happen, but what can you expect and what should you be on the lookout for? I would continue to watch these rates. Going back to my example about talking about the house prices with the seller and the buyer, every time it's raised, there is a chance that tips us into a recession, that it stalls the market, the economy stalls out. How the market reacts to these changes will determine future state. So keep an eye out. We just had this one get raised on July the 26th. Uh, we could see something start to pan out with it, but as of right now, it doesn't look like that's the case. Uh, so we'll see what, what happens with our inflation and see if that starts to, to come down or not. Uh, in addition to that housing, the mortgage rates are currently at a 7% on a 30 year mortgage pre pandemic. They were around 4%. So, um, we are higher than pre pandemic. However, 7% back in the early two thousands was the norm back then. Like that was kind of where it was at in the pre 2000. So I say that to say we've been here before, like this isn't like unfound new territory. We've been here before. So don't freak out. Don't let them. And when they say, Oh, the mortgage rates are so high, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, don't let it freak you out. We've been here before. And always keep in mind that back in the 1990s, a 14% rate was kind of the normal. So <laughs> keep it in mind as all about perspective, 14% and now we're at 7%. So it's like you're getting a, you're like, you're getting half off on your, on your mortgage rate right now. So, uh, from the people in the nineties, uh, anyways, uh, now I, I really quick, as I wrap this up, I do want to, I do want to end on my favorite, um, and probably your favorite too. And then I want to give you some, some things that you can do for your personal finances, a couple of money moves that you can make to ensure that you're on track, no matter what happens with your market. So stocks is the last one that I kind of wanted to hit just so you can sort of see what's going on. Um, we are currently, the market's kind of in a sideways channel. Uh, I would not be looking at the daily results of the market. Like if you're looking at it every day, the market's super volatile. 
and is expected to remain volatile. So you're going to see every time interest rates and inflation data and recession risk and all those things get talked about, you're going to see some kind of sharp swings. Uh, here's what I would say. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I put a couple marks on here. You can see uh, Morgan Stanley has a projection of 3,900 for the S&P 500 uh, at the end of 2023. Uh, Goldman Sachs has an estimate of 4,000 uh, for the S&P 500. Also, not 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 much higher than, than, you know, Morgan Stanley. Now, most expect, no matter what you look at, very limited single digit returns for the year. Um, if, if you're, if you're looking at that, so very single, like single digits, normally we get maybe a 10% return this year, you're going to get a very small single digit return more than likely. Now earnings growth will slow if the economy you know, if the earnings are going to slow as the economy slow. And so that's going to potentially impact the equities, things like that. What do you need to look for? And that's kind of what I wanted to end this section with is what should you look for? So we've talked about for, for the overall market, we've talked about the GDP growth. We've talked about the earnings of the company. We've talked about watching that unemployment rate and see if it starts to tick up, you know, exponentially. We've talked about the, the making sure that you're watching the inflation rate, those individual categories uh, to start to understand that that consumer price index and where that actually is going. But for and, and then we talked about housing interest rates so that you can you can get a good understanding. Seven percent um, will price some people out of the market of buying a home. I understand that it will. Uh, but that's kind of the point. The thinking about those tiers, certain people are going to get priced out at certain points. The whole idea is that it doesn't tip it into stalling it out completely. Now, what should you be looking at for stocks? Uh, just like I started this with, this is not trading, buying, investing advice. It is simply my observation. Trading stocks involves risk, a financial loss that you should be prepared to bear. If that happened, I will not be held liable for any losses resulting from your investment decisions. Based on this very informal analysis that I look at just for me to try to come up with an, an opinion for uh, what I think is going to do, what I think the market is going to do. So uh, now I got the legal part out of the way. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a professional financial advisor. Please don't take this as financial advice. This is just my personal opinion. Okay. Just my personal opinion. Um, education purposes only here. So legal part's done. Currently, I see a range of uh around 4,300 to 4,800. That's kind of the range that I'm, I see. And you can see here on the chart, my opinion low, my opinion high. That's kind of what I'm looking at. That's the range that I, I'm, I'm thinking for the end of 2023 that we're looking at here. Um, I do see a pullback occurring over the next few weeks. Right. I do see a pullback occurring over the next few weeks. So you could start to see some red days moving into the next few weeks. If the price gets up to 4,600, which is currently at 4515 as of close on Friday, um, if it gets up to 4,600 and breaks out of 4,600, meaning it gets through 4,600, uh, that's where I would start to look for a nice run up that could potentially run up to 4,800 by the end of the year. Okay. That's the first thing. The second thing, if that 4,600 holds the price there, this could roll back over and pull back to that 4,300 area or even that 4,000 area um, like the, the Morgan Stanley's and the Goldman Sachs have, have uh, projected. So they are leaning more towards a, a bigger pullback, maybe that 4,600 getting rejected. Um, 
But I do say all that to say I'm still optimistic about the market. I would not panic. I'm just providing these views for what I see personally and to give you just some reference points to make your own determinations. Uh, the last thing that I did want to talk about was the impact on personal finances and a couple things that you can do. First off is budgeting. You've got to get a budget. If we're going to go into a recession, even if we're going to have some a very, a very uh, constricted market, budgeting, cutting discretionary spending when you can, focusing on your needs versus your wants is vital. Super duper vital. You need to increase your savings. Emergency savings is crucial. You never know what could happen. Job losses can happen. Cuts in, in work time could happen. Lots of things can happen. Increasing costs can happen. You need to be equipped with more savings for the unknown times. Debt pay down. It is harder to withstand financial turbulence when you have debt. When I when you owe an extra $500 a month to a creditor, it is much, much more difficult to withstand financial turbulence. So you've got to work on debt pay down. Focus on these things. Investing. Down markets equal great entries, right? Down markets equal great entries. Um, if you have, if you're out of debt, start putting some money into your investments. Uh, it is a great opportunity for you to to watch that money grow and give it a, a much longer runway to grow. Uh, and then the last thing is major purchases. I these can bite you in the tail if you are if you don't plan them well, right? If you buy something huge, you buy a huge purchase, and it's and you get stuck with it, especially if there's a payment or something on it, which hopefully you're not, you're not going that route. But if you do go into a big purchase and then all of a sudden the market does begin to move us towards a recession or something of that nature, um, it could bite you in the tail. So I would tell you to hold out, you know, until we get a little bit more stability if you can, uh, but I'm not telling you not to buy any major purchases. Definitely not saying that just saying, be, be cautious, be cautious about it and think hard about it. Now, Last things that I would tell you to watch for uh, is watch if inflation it, it can, is does what is expected, meaning it starts to trend downwards toward the two percent. Um, if not, you could see more rates hikes happen, and that could tip us into that that no more buyers for our house we're selling. Um, and then if a recession hits, I would be watching how severe it will be in terms of unemployment, market downturn, things like that. Uh, just a couple things I would look for. But remember, all in all, stay positive. Stay positive. There's a lot of good things happening. Just remember, stay positive. Keep your head up, and you will be headed in the right direction. Uh, market might show red. Market might be flashing red, blowing you up with saying everything is everything. You know, chickens are. Was it? What is it? The the sky's falling. Is Chicken Little's little thing right? Like sky might it might look like it's falling. Stay positive. Stay positive. Focus on those money moves, the budgeting, the pay down, the debt to increase your savings, uh, invest when possible. If you're out of debt, avoid major purchases as much as you can. All those type of things will help you ensure that you are equipped and ready. Uh, if there is some financial turbulence ahead of us, right now, if you are ready to take control of your finances and you do want to give a little, uh, get a little help along the way, uh, I do serve as a financial coach and I'd be happy to work with you. Head over to the financialmirror.org and hit book now in the middle of the screen. And I will be happy to set you up with a free consultation just to see if a financial coach is right for you. If it is, we'll get you set up on a plan that works for you. Um, and, and towards your financial goals, whatever those are, we'll get you on a perfect plan for that. If you do want to get a little extra dose of support, head over to thefinancialmirror.org forward slash shop and pick you up some awesome financial mirror gear. I truly hope that you enjoyed watching this 
video today. I appreciate you tuning in. If you have not already, hit the subscribe button uh, to subscribe to the channel, like the video, comment on the video, and just share it with all of your friends, family, coworkers, so that you can have a, a, a community around you of people that are just trying to improve their personal finances. Great for accountability. Great for uh, continued learning of your of your of your close knit group of folks. If you listen on a podcast, thank you, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a five star review and a written comment on that podcast. Truly goes a long way. Till next week, continue improving the one thing you can control yourself. Peace. Well, that wraps up today's Financial Mirror. Join us next week as we continue to work on ourselves, change our mentality, and to commit to achieving the success we always envisioned. Regardless of your platform, help us grow as a community. Please like, subscribe, and share with the people in your lives.